You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini and you're listening to Gender Question. Here we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. The transgender communities in the country have a deadline. By May 18th, they must submit their suggestions to a set of draft rules issued by the Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment on the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act that was passed late last year. Now the act itself was something that many members of the community had raised several objections to since the time the first bill was introduced in 2014-15. In fact, when discussions were taking place in the parliament in November 2019, on its latest iteration many members of the rajya sabha too brought up concerns over some of the provisions one of the main issues that both members of the community as well as parliamentarians raised was about a two step process to provide certification to trans persons as you know there are several ethnic indigenous identities that are commonly clubbed under the umbrella term transgender This often misleads many of us into thinking that the community is a homogeneous entity. It isn't. Different socio-cultural identities carry their own set of needs and demands. There are also different gender identities within the community, such as trans men, trans women, and genderqueer persons. According to the act and now the draft rule as well, a person is required to fill up a form and submit it to the district magistrate. The application is also an enumeration form. So it asks for details such as a person's medical history in the context of gender affirmative surgeries, their income levels, the nature of their employment, the various documents they possess, their mother tongue and their educational qualifications. In the section on gender, the form leaves the section on gender assigned at birth blank, but it pre-fills the section on gender requested by applicant as transgender so this means that even if a person doesn't identify as transgender but as say tirunambi or kinnar or trans man or man or woman they will perforce have a gender identity ascribed to them by the government as transgender the second step of the certification only pertains to those who identify as man or woman that is to say within the gender binary as per the draft rules they can only apply to change their gender within this binary if they undergo corrective surgery which is also known as srs or sex reassignment surgery and better called gender affirmative surgery since the person is aligning their body with the gender that they identify with using surgery it's important to add here that there is no one corrective surgery in the case of trans men for instance there is more than one and surgeries are expensive what's more not everybody opts for it coming back to the draft rules anyone applying for a gender certificate in the binary of man or woman will need to submit a certificate issued by the medical superintendent or chief medical officer of the hospital where they have undergone the surgery the district magistrate will be required to verify the correctness of that medical certificate the person can only apply for this particular gender certificate 
if they have been a resident for a whole year in the jurisdiction of that DM. Once the gender certificate is ready in the genders man, woman or transgender, the person may get all their documents changed. Okay, now the main issue with the procedure laid down in the draft rules is that it flies in the face of a very important Supreme Court judgment that was delivered in 2014, which is called the NALSA judgment. NALSA is short for National Legal Services Authority, which is a government body that provides free legal aid and often intervenes in matters in court to improve the legal status of underprivileged persons. In 2012, NALSA had filed a writ petition in the Supreme Court, which led to this judgment that I'm referring to. The NALSA judgment was path-breaking. It came a few months after Section 377 was reinstated by the Supreme Court after a decades-long battle to have it read down. What the NALSA judgment did was ascribe a legal identity to trans persons as third gender, and it directed the state to ensure the social, cultural, educational, and economic welfare of trans persons, which had for too long been neglected on account of discrimination and stigma. The judgment was also landmark in that it recognized that gender identity is self-ascribed. It stated, and I quote, any insistence for SRS for declaring one's gender is immoral and illegal. Now back to the present. During the lockdown, members of the community from around the country have been conversing over long video calls, shared Google documents, and phone calls, trying to build consensus on modifications and additions to the draft rules. This has to be submitted, as I'd stated earlier, by the 18th of May. The United Nations Development Programme, the UNDP, has held several sessions on the rules, speaking to activists across the country. Separately, groups across different regions have also held online meetings. Sathi, a non-profit organization that works towards universal access to healthcare and social welfare for marginalized groups, including those affected by the HIV-AIDS epidemic, also conducted a webinar last week in which several trans persons from around the country participated. I spoke to two trans rights activists, Amrita Sarkar and Bittu Kondaya, who were also part of the Sathi webinar last week, to get their views on the draft rules, as well as to get a glimpse of the discussions that have been going on in the community. Amrita Sarkar works as a program manager at Sathi and identifies as a woman who has undergone surgery. Bittu is a scientist, a genderqueer trans man, and an associate professor of biology and psychology at Ashoka University. Amrita, thank you so much mm, for yeah. coming to the gender question and for talking to us about the Transgender Act draft rules. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, consultations and conversations have been happening within the community now since uh, March. Uh, yes. before, even before the draft rules, yes. I believe, uh, were put up and were shared. I just want to understand if you can tell me yeah. a little bit uh, about, uh, I believe you were also part of the UNDP uh, conversations that were taking place. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, so actually, 
UNDP has a national level body. It's called LGBT Think Tank. So that's I'm a part of, and uh, we have several issues actually to deal with from time to time. So definitely, this uh, draft rule is w w uh, one of them. And UNDP have organized a couple of meetings. Some meetings organized also online. Mm -hmm. I mean, after this uh, lockdown thing. So yeah. So uh, there are suggestions uh, compiled by UNDP. Those were, I believe, actually sent to MSJ already. There are also suggestions given by various community leaders, activists, and also uh, there are suggestions, recommendations compiled by uh, ICJ and uh, this uh, general global school of law. So, uh, and also currently at Sati, also we are trying to compile everything. As you know, the uh, government announced that April 30th was the like uh, deadline but now it has been extended to may 18 so till may 18 we have time to uh, send the recommendations and ev everything back to the government here right right so okay um amrita just to get a sense for our listeners um why why are so many consultations and so many conversations actually required can you give us a sense, give, give our listeners a sense of what is the need for so many, you know, conversations between activists, uh, between trans members of the community? Um, and why has it yes. taken this long? Yes, yes, yes. See, actually, the thing is that, uh, uh, like, we say transgender, right? But it's not a single word, it's not a single identity. Even under transgender umbrella, there are other various identities. As you know, there are trans men, there are trans women, there are intersex people, there are indigenous identities as well. So each set of category has, has their own set of problems. And it's not necessary that in each consultation, there are representations from all the community members and everything is coming out. Right. So, and also there is inter internet issue. People are staying in some remote area, for example, they are not might be able to in-person, you know, attend the in-person meeting every time that is happening in metro cities. And okay. also, if they are not technical uh, te te technical savvy, they are not, you know, able to join the on online conversation every time. I have seen that sometimes people feel that, okay, I mean, what I have to do with this bill or act, or, or mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm half fine with it but yeah. even after talking to some community members they are able to recognize okay 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 this is how this bill is affecting not not only the other community members of transgender community but also uh, my life as well so actually uh, someone can be i mean someone can give the inf information or recommendation going through the entire act after going through the entire you know draft rules and all Right. So uh, that part, even we need to think about whether the each community members have the draft rule in place so that they can go through. And also it's a question of language. M maybe it's not available in each, uh, I mean, native language because we got it in English, but uh, like and also we have we have tried to you know convert it in couple uh, basic language like Hindi, Telugu, and all. But in and India, you know, there are so many languages. So just to sum up, what are the main problems that various community members have raised regarding this two-step process of the trans uh, of, the, uh -huh. of the transgender identity certification? 
get it okay so this uh, i will try to answer because there are certain sections i am not going to do like each section by uh, section but i will uh, like to highlight the main problematic areas please okay yeah. So you you have just said, uh, and that's what I had a comment that was coming in, in in my mind. Even this applying to the district magistrate, getting a certificate from the district magistrate. Number one, it's not easy, and number two, see the bureaucratic part of it. I mean, uh, someone who is uh, willing to change the gender marker as a transgender person, okay. It's fine. He or she is writing to district magistrate and getting the certificate. Now, what happens for the people who are willing to go through actual the transition process? So they have to go back to the district magistrates twice, and they have to give. I mean, after uh, you know, making an app application. So again, they have to go to the district magistrate uh, with the like. Medical certificates and everything, and all that are from transgender. I have to, you know, change my gender identity as a male or female. So, like, it's like a like lifelong process. So, at the first stage itself, it is restricting us that you have to be in, within the transgender, uh, you know, definition only. Right. If you are going through the different processes of the medical and transition process, then again you get the process done, get the certificate, and then again. You can apply to the district magistrate that okay now I have the documents in place so please change my name or gender whatever from the transgender identity to you know male or female so this is the yeah. process I mean that is taking more time more tension. According to Bitu, um, this process of certification actually does more harm than good. The rules actually. Uh, allow transgender persons to apply for a recognition as transgender, mm. but in the form that uh, the government has released, where you know I'm the one who's filling in the form. I've never seen a government form mm. in which what I'm applying for is filled in by the government. Mm. And so, in the case of the the Trans uh, uh, Act rules, uh, the form itself fills in our gender as transgender and mm. does not allow us to fill anything else in. Right. Um, and, and why, exactly, why exactly is that a problem? Why is, why is that a problem? Because several transgender persons are transgender in the sense of not identifying with the gender they were assigned at birth. Right? Mm. But that does not mean that they would like to identify on paper as transgender. Their gender identity may be one of several different uh, genders. Some people identify as male. Uh, some people identify as female. Many people identify with local cultural um, uh, terms that are not the word transgender, so their identity is not uh, that of a trans person. So, for mm. example, in Tamil Nadu, in Tamil, I would identify as Tirunambi. Mm. Uh, other people might identify as Tirunangai or Arvani. Mm. Uh, in Canada, people might identify as Mangalamukhi. Mm. Uh, you know, there are Jogapas, Joktas. There are socio-cultural, uh, religious identities such as uh, Shivashaktis, um, Jogapas. Um, and of course, uh, somebody might identify as Kinner rather than transgender. Several Kinner people don't think of Kinner as being equivalent to transgender mm. uh, because it's a specific, uh, you know, social cultural um, identity. And so, uh, so you know, uh, there is no scope then for people to uh, to identify in any of those ways. Now, you know, uh, 
what uh, what is the outcome of that? The outcome is actually that the government will supply one with a certificate stating that one is transgender mm. and an ID card. And the ID card by default will have only this transgender option on it. And if one wants a binary identity, such mm. as male or female, then one has to apply once again to this district magistrate. First of all, uh, you know, with the discretion in the district magistrate's hand as to whether they are, you are recognized in the gender that you are asking to be recognized at, whatever that is, trans, male, female. Mm. Uh, but uh, furthermore, to be recognized as male or female, one has to pro su supply proof of surgery, which mm. goes against the Supreme Court's um, NALSA judgment, Union of India versus NALSA judgment, mm. uh, which uh, had stipulated that we have the right to self-identification and that any governmental insistence on proof of surgery is immoral and um, unethical. In the next part of the episode, we'll talk a little bit about the Supreme Court judgment that both Bittu and Amrita bring up. We'll also look at some of the solutions that members of the community have offered to tackle the issues brought up by the draft rules. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.